What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode two of Kind of Different, a new podcast where we talk about innovation in dentistry. We connect with some amazing guests, leaders in uh, different companies, clinicians, patients, uh, as well as talking about how we can make dental care more human. I'm Matt Allen, the CEO and co-founder of Different Kind, and I am super pumped today uh, to be joined by another CEO of an early stage oral healthcare startup. There's not a lot of us. So uh, Danny Granick uh, is just an awesome dude, somebody that I've really enjoyed getting to know over the past year and follow his company's journey. Uh, so Danny, thank you for taking the time to join us today here on Kind of Different. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm super excited to be here. The pool's small. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a very big pool. Hopefully, hopefully we'll continue to grow it, right? Yeah. Awesome. Um, well, before we get jumping into questions, uh, maybe you could just tell our audience and listeners a little bit more about you um, and, and Bristol and, and the company that, that you've started. Definitely. Yeah. So um, Danny, CEO and co-founder at Bristol, we are a startup company and what we've developed is an oral microbiome test. So we, we take a saliva sample and we analyze all of the bacteria, the viruses, the fungi that are in your saliva. And um, we use that to help people measure, understand, and improve their oral health. So it's, it's an at-home test that you can take, and you just order it online. You access your report, and we'll provide you with um, scores and information related to the bacteria in your mouth and how they relate to conditions like cavities, gum disease, bad breath, and then we'll pair that with recommendations to help you improve. Awesome. I love it. Um... Super interesting, and I feel like uh, the microbiome space, just in general, is like totally taken off. Uh, maybe we can start with innovation. Usually, I uh, you know we'll let whoever is our guest kind of choose, but it feels like a pretty good segue, right? In terms of like, hey, here's this pretty innovative idea that you guys have. Um, if it's okay with you, maybe we can start there. Um, Let's do it. Cool. Well, tell yeah, tell us a little bit more, kind of about how you're innovating in this space. Um, and you know, ultimately, I think innovation is great, right? But ultimately, we hope to make some sort of impact with the innovation. So you know, what are you hoping that the impact of, of how you guys are innovating at Bristol will be? Yeah, so you know, the idea around Bristol, I, I guess from, from an innovation perspective, the oral microbiome really isn't anything new. Um, I think it's, you know, it's been taught in dental schools for a really long time. We, we've known about things like red and orange complex bacteria and their relation to conditions like periodontal disease. And I, I think the real kind of innovation piece comes from the, the advancement of technology that allows us to actually look at the oral microbiome and do it in a way that's accessible to more people and, and a lot easier to interpret. So you know, our team's background is primarily in genomics and biotechnology. We had worked with companies doing liquid biopsy for cancer. We've obviously seen an explosion in gut microbiome sequencing, non-invasive prenatal testing. And for us, it was, it was really taking that fundamental technology and, and applying it to the oral health space. Um, you know, and the idea behind the company from, from a dental care perspective is I, I think that there's been a trend in dentistry of, of really kind of being a, a reactive standard of care. You know, we use these observational tools like x-rays and, and observational screenings in the clinic. And we, we look for, well, we being you, look for um, <laughs> the, the presence and severity of, of physical symptoms of disease. And that's what's being used for diagnosing and making treatment options. And 
like I said, for decades, we've known that the majority of oral diseases are really driven by these pathogenic bacteria living in our mouths. And it wasn't until recently that we had the tools to, to identify and quantify those bacteria at a price point that most people can afford. Um, so what we're hoping to do is kind of create this new standard where instead of waiting until disease gets to the very latest stages and, and it's really painful, um, you know, we can start tackling disease earlier and enable providers to work with their patients on a more personal and consultative level focused on preventing disease and managing health rather than doing, you know, the reactive procedures and treatments that, that a lot of people are used to. Yeah, man, that's super fascinating. And I think, um, you know, one of the only tools that we have in dentistry right now to kind of do this is like the carries risk assessment, right? And it's pretty fascinating that what the only really predictive measure on that of like what's you know what you currently have that's predictive of your future state is like do you have disease right now so it's not really like hey like we're trying to look at risk but we're just looking at disease to determine if you're going to get more disease instead of being able to swim further up the stream which i think is what you guys are trying to do 100 percent. yeah i mean i think you know we look at uh tools like cambra which I, I think is really useful but to your point a lot of the the factors that go into predicting somebody's risk is family history of, of cavities or family history of periodontal disease. Um, you know, some very basic factors. Has somebody had a history of cavities or periodontal disease themselves? And, you know, I think the oral microbiome test really gets us closer to real-time monitoring of oral health status so that we can get ahead of um, recurrence or occurrence of disease. Yeah, man, that's fascinating. I love it. Um... I love, I love the intention, love the, love the desired goal. It's so great and so important, I think, for us. Um, you, you've kind of mentioned technology in the section that we're talking about right now, innovation, right? I don't necessarily think they're inextricably linked. I think a lot of people put them together, right? Um, obviously, they're, 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 they're linked in some ways, but what do you see as kind of technology's role in innovation? Um, you know, tell, tell us your perspective on, on how you see those two being related. Yeah, I mean, I think technology is definitely an ingredient or like a catalyst for innovation, but techno technological advancement on its own isn't enough to drive innovation. Like you need, you need adoption and you need change. <laughs> and, and while the, having the technology is great, like if, if it's not being used in a way that's helping people or like the end user, then it's not really an innovation. Um, and, and I think on the flip side, like there are plenty of things that, that can be done that require no technology, but could be a huge innovation. Mm -hmm. and, and dentistry, I think, is one of these really exciting industries. And it's exciting because it's been relatively static. Um, but there are so many ways to innovate in the space, like going beyond just the technology that we've developed that, that are incredibly low lift and, and can have these massive um, these massive, massively improved outcomes mm. on, on the patient experience and, and the outcomes of, of oral health and disease. Yeah, yeah, I think that's uh, that's a perfect, I mean, it, it certainly jives, I guess there's lots of ways that you can think about it. It certainly jives, I think, with my way uh, of understanding it. And it's funny that, you know, as a fellow early stage founder, right? Like a lot of it is, yeah, we can build this technology, but ultimately like, I feel like a change manager uh, in, a, in a lot more sense of like, how, how do I drive adoption and how do I drive change management from, you know, in the dental profession uh, versus like, hey, I could, I could build all the tech, I can build all the technology, but it's really about like helping people understand how that's beneficial for them. And, you know, me understanding that for them as well, right? Right, yeah, and I think, I mean, for us, 
you know, building the technology was really hard. Building the product <laughs> was really hard. But like the the <laughs> truly hard part is getting this incredible technology into the hands of people and trying to figure out like the right messaging and the right value props and, and the right model to create that drives adoption into the population. And, you know, there's just such a big gap in terms of education and awareness across all of the stakeholders for what the oral microbiome is, the technology that we have and how it can really be applied in patient care. Yeah. So, you know, I, in a lot of ways, like from our perspective, the, the innovation lift is less in the technology itself and more in like our ability to educate and drive awareness, um, you know, of what we're doing. Yeah, man. I love it. Um, and yeah, hopefully, hopefully things like this can help us, right. As, as we talk about it and as we help people understand, uh, the things that are happening out there that are, they're really innovative, um, and people just need to know about them. So, um, well, one of the things that I really enjoyed, uh, about getting to know you over the last year is just your genuineness. You're willing to help. Like you're just, you know, a wonderful human being. Um, and I see lots of interesting values in you, um, that I'm sure carry over to what you're building at Bristol. And I'm really interested in company building in general, right? Of how we build good companies that encourage and empower the people that work there, et cetera. So maybe just tell us a little bit about the values that shape your own personal life. Um, and then maybe how that spills over into what kind of culture and what you're trying to build um, in terms of a company, you know, at Bristol. Yeah, I mean, I think, You know, I think like personally, I've always just valued problem solving. Mm -hmm. And and I think that's ultimately what led me down this path of trying to tackle, you know, the oral health crisis. Um, it it never started out as, as an idea around oral health. It was more of an exploration of like, there is incredible technology out here and it's being applied in some areas and it's making this huge impact, but there are a ton of other areas where we can do the same thing and, and nobody has done it yet. Um, and I think that that kind of value has resonated in the company, which is, you know, we're, we're more than, I think we're a lot more than like an oral health testing company or an oral microbiome company. Like we are a problem solving company and, and we want to deploy like whatever tools solve a given problem the best way we can. Um, and kind of to our point around, you know, the, the discussion around innovation before, like, I think it's also keeping in mind who is having the problem that you're trying to solve for. And, and that has, I think, molded us into this incredibly like patient and user centric company. Um, we, we want to improve people's oral health and we want to do that in whatever way we can. So like, you know, there were a lot of questions around making the test accessible to anybody and not just going through dental offices. But when you look at the statistics, like almost half of the country doesn't see a dentist every year. And if you don't have access to those clinics, you don't have access to the test. Um, so for us, we wanted to be able to democratize access to this technology to as many people as possible, but also create like really valuable tools that can be used in patient care. Um, to improve the standard and, and give providers like more tools in their tool belt. Uh, I think, you know, the other thing kind of obvious, but coming from a scientific background, 
you know, I've always been very evidence-based and, and maybe uh, overly rational, but I think that that's also kind of translated to the company. Like we, we only want to make recommendations and use science that we believe in ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why we invested so much in, in using, you know, the technology that we use today. There were a lot of other options that may have been less expensive and we would have gotten better margins on everything, but we, we know that making this investment now not only creates a better test for our users today, but it also drives a lot of the, the research and discoveries that we'll be able to make in the future and then create new insights and, and new features for our users that, that provide even more value and, and get them even healthier. Totally, man. Uh, that's, there's so much, so much good in that. And I just, yeah, the, the idea, it just sounds like, you know, you're, you're in general, a very curious person and that's certainly translated, um, to, to Bristol. And I, to me, it kind of goes to the, the startup axiom, right. Of like, love your, pro- love the problem, not your solution. Um, and I think you guys are just, yeah, you love being curious and, and saying, Hey, how can we, you know, help people solve problems that they're having, um, no matter what that is. So I absolutely love that answer. That's great. Um, Shifting gears just a little bit, uh, startup life can be challenging. It can be hard. Uh, it can be a lot of work. It can be stressful. Uh, I think, you know, sometimes it seems glamorous. Uh, I don't, not too many days in my life have felt glamorous over the last number of months. Um, but you know, in those moments when you're feeling stressed, when you're feeling burnt out, when you're feeling just like at the bottom, you know, the end of your bucket, right. Um, what, what do you personally do to kind of recenter, refocus and, and how does that translate to, you know, the other people who work at Bristol, how are you encouraging them to do this similar things, et cetera? Like, how are you encouraging people to find, you know, to fill their buckets, I guess? Yeah. I mean, I think personal, like, I I think the easy answer for me is like, personally, I love surfing. I love reading. I basically only read fiction. Um, So I don't do a lot of like business book reading or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, Obviously getting outside and exercising is great. And you know, we, we had started the company in San Francisco and I think there's a lot of positives to doing it, but also from like a mental well-being perspective, there is this, uh, pervasive mentality that the only way to make a successful company or to be successful is to work, you know, 12, 16 hours a day, like basically sacrifice your life, um, for whatever you're doing. And I think that there's, better ways to, to do that. I mean, it shouldn't have to be a decision between your mental health and, and the success of a company that you're starting or doing whatever, you know, you're really passionate about. So we, we made the decision, you know, I think six or eight months ago to, to move the company down to San Diego. And there were some selfish reasons going back to the surfing thing that I mentioned, but I, you know, I think it was also this idea of, um, working efficiently and 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 balancing like professional progress and in, in mental health and and that's something that has been core to our culture at Bristol which is you know we we recognize that people work way better when they are in a space that they're comfortable in and when when they can work when they're most effective and i think you know, we've, we've been really flexible and accommodating in what that looks like. Um, I moved the company to San Diego because I knew that having access to the ocean and, and being able to go outside and having nice weather was going to be a lifesaver for my mental health. And, 
you know, if one of our employees does their best work when they're in New York City and have the hustle and bustle and, you know, they work the best from 10 p.m. to 3 a.m., like, that's great. I, I want, I, I love that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think we, we've really adopted this idea of, like, work, work in the way that's best for you and, and make sure that you're doing the things that you love because I think a lot of people also tend to lose their identities and, and their sense of self when they join a startup company. Um, it kind of becomes like who they are. And mm -hmm. while everybody's passionate about what we're doing, like I don't want anybody to feel like their life has become bristle. Like that's my job. Um, <laughs> yeah. And even then your job is to balance it, right? And I think you're, you've provided some, some great examples of ways you're doing that. I think one of the best parts uh, or one of the silver linings, right? Let's not say the best parts, but one of the silver linings of COVID, right? Is that ability to allow for that greater flexibility in work style, right? Because yeah, you can have that person who wants to live in New York City and you can have that person who wants to live on a farm in Kentucky and they can both work for your company and they can both do it really effectively. Uh, and I think this is just being sensitive to you know how people work really well. And, and that's certainly been something that I've seen. And, and I love that you know, yeah, for you guys, San Diego makes sense. And for those of you who, you know, haven't been or lived in San Diego and San Francisco, obviously a very different feel to both of those places. And you're saying, hey, like, this is where I feel most comfortable. Um, and we are open to what our employees might need, et cetera, which I love. Exactly. Cool, man. Um, well, let's talk about making dental care more human a little bit. Um, this you know, we, we've had this discussion several times throughout the course of, of uh, you know, our conversations, but I think that we both see that dentistry has this history of well-meaning paternalism, meaning like, hey, I want the best for my patient, but the way that I'm going to go about doing that is by telling you what to do or telling you what you should do, right? And we just know that that's not the most effective way to, uh, you know, have a relationship with someone, especially in healthcare. Um, so what actionable steps uh, maybe are you taking, but, you know, what do you see as, you know, other actionable steps in the future that we could take to help us move beyond this kind of historical paradigm? Yeah, I mean, I think obviously we've talked about this a lot, but um, again, kind of going back to our, our conversation around like what innovation can look like, I think one of the, the most effective things that, that we can do, we've been, you know, not only our company, but I think the dental care industry as a whole is empowering patients and including them as part of that decision-making process. Mm -hmm. And you know, we're doing that in the company by giving people direct access and insight into their oral health status. We're providing them with a wide variety of recommendations, you know, diet, hygiene, lifestyle, oral care products. And they can be a part of that decision-making process in terms of what are the changes that they want to make in their lives to improve their oral health. Um, and I think in the clinic, it's, it's kind of the same thing. Like, I think that there's been this idea of, you know, we're going to tell you what you need or tell you what to do. And I, I empathize, you know, as much as I can without having direct experience myself with the providers, um, because it's, it's frustrating and, and there are clear things that work and you want patients to adopt those, those things. But I think that there's also this idea of like, you can tell somebody what to do a million times, but if they don't do it, they're not going to get better. And, and I think that involving somebody as part of that decision-making process and letting them kind of determine like what their next steps are will drive adherence and adoption of, of the decisions that, that they make. And, and I think it also just forms a, 
a closer bond between the provider and the patient. It's not uh, a one-sided conversation. Like it's a two-way street. And I think that it'll drive better engagement and just a, a closer relationship. Yeah, man, I love that. I think uh, certainly, certainly we're on board with that. And I think, yeah, information is helpful, right? But you, we need to kind of move beyond just like, hey, you need information. We need to help people work, you know, on uh, what's, what's important, you know, in their life. And if it, this is not what's most important right now, that's okay. Right. I think we, we need to understand that sometimes as, as oral healthcare providers. And ultimately, if we want to drive long-term change, I think what you're saying is we've got to let people, you know, take ownership of that, um, without abandoning them on the front end. Right. We can't just say, well, it's too bad. Like you do, you yeah. do you like, sorry. Right. It's like, no, we're here to walk with you and, and help you through that. And so, um, I love, you know, that idea of you, what you guys are producing is hopefully, producing a better conversation, uh, a better understanding between patient and provider and really moving that relationship forward. Thanks. Um, yeah. yeah, I love it. Um, I feel like we've talked a lot about how you're making dentistry different, right? In terms of how you're innovating. Um, but, you know, as, as different kind, we, we chose that name specifically for our company because we do think that there's this huge element of kindness, right? That we want to, you know, be sacrificial and, and love people well and do all of those things. So I'm just curious, you know, as you think about how Bristol is making, we've heard about, I think, how Bristol is making dentistry different. Um, how do you think about how Bristol is making dentistry kind? Yeah, I mean, I think like, it's such a common theme across, health is like a really scary thing for a lot of people. Um, people avoid, appointments and checkups and getting care because they're scared of what they're going to find out. Uh, and it's a, it's a pretty intimidating environment to walk into a lot of the time. Going back, you know, it does feel like this kind of paternalistic one-way conversation where I'm going to go in, find out something bad and, and just be told, you know, I'm going to need this really invasive or expensive procedure, whatever. Yep. Um, and for us, you know, I, I think another common theme kind of outside of the clinic and looking at other testing companies in the industry, like other genomics companies, there is this kind of robotic feel to a lot of the reports that people generate. It is kind of, you know, here's your, here's your health score, your insights, like you're either doing okay or you're really, really bad. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> um, and and a lot of the time, the language that people use is really complex. I think it limits, it creates barriers for the people that need those insights the most to mm. understand and access them. So as a company, you know, our primary focus is making something that is user-friendly. It's, it's easy to understand and it's actionable on behalf of the patient. Um, and, you know, Ideally, that patient has a provider and, and they can work with their provider to do it. But the case a lot of the time is that people don't have access to care. And, and taking this test is already a huge step over uh, potentially like having avoided care for years. So we want to we want to educate them and we want to let them know if something's wrong, but we want to do it in a way that empowers them to then do something about it. Yeah. And, and I think that that you know, it's, it's been core to our product strategy. Like we're always trying to make the experience more friendly and more empowering. And, and I think, you know, a lot of the stuff that you're doing at different kind is, is in the same vein. Um, so, yeah, I mean, again, I think that 
that's like a, it's an innovation that doesn't require technology to do it. It just requires um, empathy. empathy. <laughs> yeah. Same word, same time. I love it. I love it, man. Now, well, I, I you know, I, I it's, I'm so on board with that, I think in so many ways, right? And I think you guys, it's, it's really hard. What you're doing is really hard. You're taking some very hard science and, and then trying to translate that into something that's very consumer, you know, patient person friendly, right? And that, that just requires a lot of empathy for all the parties involved um, and, and it's not easy. And so I love that, you know, you have that vision and mission from the beginning. Yeah, and it's tough. You can't be you can't be too kind sometimes because yeah. you don't want to detract from like the seriousness of, of what somebody may be facing. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah, there's a there's a line, and we're still trying to find it. But yep, yep. we're trying. I love it, man. I love it. it I, I appreciate it. It's a journey. Um, so if people want to check out more about Bristol, you, uh, the company, what you guys are doing, uh, give us some quick. Uh, hey, here's where to go. Here's what to check out. Here's how to get in touch, etc. Yeah, so I would just recommend if anybody's interested, go to bristlehealth.com. Um, we've got a sample report that you can sign up for. We've got a ton of blog articles and content. You can visit us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, whatever, <laughs> whatever is popular these days. Um, and, you know, we'll be posting more content in the days to come. Uh, if you want to get a test, they're available directly through the website. We've got single test options. We've got subscription options where we'll send you one every six months or every three months. And I think the most exciting thing is that the test is constantly evolving. Like we're always adding new recommendations. We're adding new insights. Um, we've got, a, I can't talk about them right now, but we've got a couple exciting features coming down the road. Uh, so, you know, um, yeah, we, we would love to, to talk to you. Um, you can always email us and, and we love to set up phone calls and, and I would encourage everybody to take a test and give us your feedback. Awesome, man. Well, um, really always a pleasure chatting with you. I love, you know, all of our conversations always leave me encouraged and energized and, uh, hopeful for the future ahead. And just as, as one fellow early stage uh, founder to another in the oral health space, and like you said, the pool is not big. Um, it's just always encouraging to, to know, to see your journey um, and to, you know, know that we're not doing it alone. So Danny, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. And uh, yeah, look forward to continuing to innovate with you in this space. Awesome, thanks for having me.